Hey everyone, welcome to Nailed It, a podcast powered by Parker Huggett. A big welcome to Carl McIntyre from Ottawa, Ontario. Carl has been a carpenter in the past, grew up through the trades, later went back to school, and then post-graduating worked for notable firms such as McKay Cocker, Ellis Thon, Stuart Olson, Bill Finger, and has recently rejoined LedCor and taken on the task of championing the Ottawa district for this national big player. Welcome, Carl. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Above and beyond my high-level warm introduction, could you share with us what your journey and experience has been to date? Career-wise in general, how I kind of got to where I am today. Yeah, well, I'll try to give you the Coles Notes version, I guess. Yeah, back in the day, you know, the son of an immigrant parent, you know, it's all about getting a trade because you'll always have a job type of thing. So that's exactly what I did. I, I started down the road of becoming a, a general carpenter. You know, so I was on the tools for a number of years. And then I got into more of a supervisory capacity from that, running smaller projects for a contractor in the city I, I grew up in, London, Ontario. Found out pretty quickly that, you know, all, all the decisions, all the big decisions were made in kind of in an office environment. It was also very hot in the, in the summertime and cold in the wintertime working on the tools. So I thought I might be uh, better suited in, a, in an environment uh, with a roof over my head. So I got into a junior estimating position following graduation from, uh, from Fanshawe College in London. Did that for, for about a year and a half, realized I had a little more uh, too much personality for doing quantity takeoffs and extensions and all that kind of stuff. So I asked if I could get into the project coordination, project management world, and I was quickly accommodated. And then from there, things kind of really took off. I got brought into the fold at Elliston for a number of years. I started with them in London, Ontario, and I got promoted to work with them uh, actually on the corporate side of the business up in Toronto for a while. I got back into operations hardcore again. Got out of Elliston as, a, I guess, probably project director level senior PM. And ended up at a firm ultimately called Billfinger, which was an international P3 player, which is where I really kind of cut my teeth in the kind of the commercial side of the business. So more dealing with, uh, you know, finance and the commercial agreements, right? So whether that be uh, joint venture agreements, prime contracts, subcontract agreements, you know, maintenance agreements, all that kind of stuff. So all, all the, the legal stuff that goes along with uh, how big P3 projects um, get delivered. Uh, left them. They they imploded on a global scale as a firm. I ended up at uh, LedCorp as a project director. You know, had a had a number of projects uh, in my portfolio. I stepped away from LedCorp briefly. I call it my sabbatical, the claims business. And then uh, LedCorp brought me back uh, after that in a role that was really, I guess, made for for me and tailored for me. So I actually wrote the job description and the job title, and it was more focusing on kind of the risk side of the business and the commercial side of, of contracting, you know, general contracting and construction management. And then most recently, I relocated from the GTA up to Ottawa with my family. Uh, LedCorp was happy to accommodate me. Unbeknownst to me at the time, there was a kind of an opportunity in the background that was kind of brewing. At the same time, I asked if I could re relocate my desk. And fast forward to today, and uh, eight months later, now I'm the regional manager for the uh, Ottawa uh, region for LedCorp. So there you go. That's that's my story. That was amazing. Given we have an office in Ottawa and we've played in the Ottawa market for years now, it's a busy market, but a very small market. And I... You know, I think it's pretty impressive since you've joined the amount of work you guys have secured and, you know, what you're looking to create there. But who better to ask than you? But what is it you're looking to create with LedCore in Ottawa? What do you think has been the recipe for your recent success? It's a multi-pronged kind of question, I think. Yeah. I think the, the genesis of what I want to create or what we want to create is really 
you know, business based on people, right? We want to do cool projects, but more so we want to have a group of folks that are all like-minded, cohesive, um, all working to the same end. We want to create an environment here in Ottawa where the place that people want to end up in their career, they want to build a career at LeadCorp. They know that they hear good things coming out of our camp. I mean, we're small here, just getting going. I kind of akin it to you know, being a startup business. We've been in Ottawa for the last, call it eight years, working on one particular development, which we're stepping outside of now. So we've had a couple of recent successes with the long-term cares, uh, one through Rivera, and then we've also landed a, an Amazon fulfillment center as well. And I think a largely a lot of that has to do with uh, the people we bring to the team. Not only are we confident, and, you know, construction-wise, and we come in with the right number. I don't necessarily think we were the low number in either one of those situations. I think we interviewed very, very well. People we put forward are all like-minded. We are all cognizant of the team environment. You know, we all have a role to play, and we all have to work together to be successful. And I think that translates to our clients and prospective clients very well, because it's a hard business that we're in and everybody's looking somehow to be successful, but have a bit of an easier life, I guess, at the same time, uh, while we deliver these complicated uh, deadline driven pressure cooker projects. So I guess in, in short, just a great environment is the starting point. And falling from that, I do believe will be additional opportunities, more work, and a great place to come and, and, and build your career and ultimately retire from LitCorp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it almost sounds like, or it looks like, and I think we know this to be true, that it's a big company with a smaller company feel. Like it doesn't sound like your team members are getting lost in the sauce or feel like a number. They just have this massive support behind them, but also this intimacy from an employee experience within your district. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. I think that's a very well way to encapsulate what's going on here at LeadCorp. So I've had a couple of stops along the way in my career. You mentioned them at the, uh, in the introductions. So I've seen different cultures at different organizations. And I can tell you that LeadCorp is by far got the best culture that I've experienced from, from a corporate big player situation. You know, the, the senior management crew, all good people. They do have their eye on the ball in terms of culture and relationships within, you know, one of our, our taglines is, you know, lifetime clients, but it's not just about the clients, it's about the people as well. So they do listen, you can pick up the phone, you can call somebody and you're not going to get brushed off. I mean, they, they do take the people side of the business very, very seriously. At one point in my career, you know, I didn't care about culture at all. It was all about getting the job done, roll up your sleeves and just make it happen. As I get a little bit older and advance in my career, you know, I recognize that, yeah, no, I do personally value the culture. You know, you walk into the office, there's not this black cloud hanging over everybody's head. Just, you know, you don't have to look over your shoulder all the time. People are working together and like to be there. And so it's a good place to be. Yeah, LetCore's got it figured out in terms of the, uh, the culture. Amazing. So kind of getting into the theme of the podcast, have you thought about or has there been a situation where you've nailed it, aka had a success with a higher personal situation that has led to a professional positive outcome or other work-related successes that you could share with the listeners? Yeah, I think there's a number of different things, but I think you know maybe I'll spin it a little bit and talk about a success based on maybe a situation that wasn't the best. I mean, sometimes, you know, you have to be cold in a role when you're trying to build an organization. And that means not only build it, but sometimes you have to, you know, undermine it somewhat in order to rebuild, right? Retool and, and make progress. So just like anything, it's about the team and you got to find the right pieces of the puzzle. So it's not only about adding to the team, but it's also about maybe, you know, removing some individuals that maybe, you know, not quite fit the culture and not quite aligned with, you know, the expectations and what it is that we want to do as a business. 
So I, I would say some of the largest successes I've had in my career were team building through removal of the problem. And the balance of your team can respond very well and very positively to, in my mind, a small move, but a very critical move. Yeah, no, no. I think that's important for people to hear because there's something to be said in crowding the company and crowding the environment before letting anything else get above that. The fact that you sovereigned that initiative, it shows through action that you're willing to do what it takes to create the best environment possible and best culture possible. Yeah. Whereas I think through nepotism, I think what happens in other organizations is they don't cut that bad situation, which affects everybody's day to day and what you're trying to create. Absolutely. So I think as leaders in the industry, everybody going forward, like, you know, tomorrow's going to be harder than today. <laughs> right. Uh, so you have to listen, you know, and there's definitely like it's an old term, right? There's a war on talent, but you know, there's just there's a shortage of resources and skilled resources in the, in the marketplace. So how do you set yourself apart? Well, you have to listen to people, right? And, you know, the old days that I grew up in of construction where it was just, you know, win at all costs and, you know, influence your way through something and because you have the biggest boots in the room. Those are over, right? I mean, the expectations from people moving into the industry nowadays are much different than they used to be. And people won't deal with or put up with or tolerate things that we used to back in the day, so to speak. So I think we do need to listen. We do need to take those concerns seriously and then act upon them for the greater good, right? So it's the sum of the parts, really, um, and make the right decisions that you need to make, whether they're an easy one or a hard one, for the greater good. I think that's just being responsible, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, it's such an important responsibility because that negativity, you know, whatever it may be, is as contagious as a, a yawn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And people start having the Sunday blues about Monday because they're walking into whoever it may be that's not jiving with whatever those values are on day to day. So what do you think the construction industry does really well here in Canada, Carl? That's a good question. You know, it's an industry that kind of takes care of itself. Uh, and what I mean by that is if you compare like Canada to, say, the U.S., they just have a different model of the way they run their businesses. It's very litigious and confrontational. Not to say that things aren't confrontational in, in Canada, but when things escalate to a point where there's claims and or damages and, and maybe it's pending lawsuits, and when you have that or those types of issues to deal with, the industry is really good by and large about being able to kind of set things aside, get into a room and just talk about stuff and resolve the problems through dialogue versus the courts, right? So I've always been a big proponent that, you know, you never want to give an issue over to a third party and then have them determine your fate and your outcome, right? So the Canadian culture is more, okay, everybody's going to get in the room. It's going to be very uncomfortable for a while. We're going to talk about some things and hopefully we can resolve them before we have to take the next step. So I think that's probably predominantly what the, the Canadian construction industry does the best. I think, you know, now the industry has more value on technology, which they absolutely need to. I think that's the next game changer. So what does that look like in the future? I'm not sure that it started with, you know, data collection. So we're going down that road and there's various avenues to pursue there. So I think we're kind of at kind of a pioneering time in the construction industry, you know, because, you know, digging a hole is digging a hole, driving a pile is driving a pile, whether it was 50 years ago or today. But I think tomorrow things are going to look a little bit different with the way technology is going and where we're all going, I'm not sure, but I hope that, you know, as an industry, we respond to the technology piece as best as we can to make it an advantage rather than a detriment to, uh, to most, because it's certainly going to turn the business on its side. Yeah, you know, many hands make light work and technology can be some of those hands. Absolutely. 
I think the industry, generally speaking, from my experience, is welcoming of the technology that's coming out, and it's pretty exciting. Yeah, and it's and from what I understand, it's also fairly user friendly as well, which is helpful. Yeah, yeah. So guys like me can <laughs> get involved <laughs> yeah. and understand what's going on. You know, what do you feel is the construction development industry's biggest challenge ahead? Resources. And I think some of that challenge will be met or responded to through technology for sure over time. But I think for the short term and maybe medium term, I think there's no shortage of opportunity in the marketplace and whatever sector that you're working in. Uh, the projects are there. The spending will be there. The federal government is, is plowing money into infrastructure related stuff. You know, right now there's a big player of the month is long term care facilities. So the business is there and the need for our product is going to be there. It's just, where are we going to find the people to put all those buildings and, and that infrastructure together? That's going to be our largest challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the common denominator in every discussion I have. Yeah, and for good reason. And, you know, it, it's funny back in the day, you know, we used to just, you know, just get people in, just get people in and, and have that revolving door. And, and I'll tell you that I don't think that has much of a place. It doesn't in, in our office here in Ottawa, the Red Core. I mean, we want to be very deliberate with who we're targeting, who we're onboarding, and be very selective. And it's got to be the right cultural fit. So technical and relevant technical knowledge is all great. But, you, you know, you can't teach work ethic. You can't teach the soft skills. Like the, people either have them or they don't. We can teach people the technical side of things of how a general contractor or construction manager conducts business and, go, and how we go about getting buildings built because we don't actually build them, right? We're a broker. So that's our value add. We coordinate all the trades. We're not you know, specific to one, we're generalists. So there is a unique approach to construction project that, you know, your sub trade doesn't have to deal with, right? I mean, they look at themselves and their, their scope of work, but how does that relate to all the various components and other subs that are on the job? So that's our value add. You know, I think that's a good teaching moment too, or it's a solution to what I feel is that big problem when it comes to closing the gap on talent is just like you put it, right? You have this avatar of who you're looking to hire and the various traits that are going to fit within your office and your ecosystem within that office and, you know, seeing the world in, in the same light and view and then training the rest, like those companies who have a robust training program and hire the right fit are going to be more successful than those that hire based on a resume. Absolutely. So it's all about people. At the end of the day, the machines don't drive themselves. Buildings don't go up by themselves. The emails don't go out by themselves, right? It, it all comes back to people. And if you want the best people, you, you have to provide an environment that's going to, number one, attract them and number two, retain them. And the employers out there that don't respond that way, I think they're going to have a very, very difficult time over, you know, in the future and over time versus the ones that are taking that really serious, dedicated, deliberate approach to, you know, people and culture. They're the companies I think that are going to be successful in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Recruit, train and motivate. There you go. You know, absolutely. I love it. Uh, the motivate part, yeah, it's funny. Motivating, I'll tell you, my personal take on that, you know, and even in my personal life, right? Motivation comes and goes, <laughs> right? So it's it's about being deliberate, yeah. I guess, habitual, disciplined. That to me is is the key to motivation. You just have to be disciplined. When motivation wanes, discipline will overcome it. Yeah, totally agree with that. On to the next question, in your opinion, why should youth strongly consider a career in construction or development? 
Oh, I think it's a great industry, construction and development. And they are two different industries, yet related. They are different. And, and I would say it depends on the type of person. It takes a certain personality type, I think, by nature to work in a multi-discipline kind of environment on a day-to-day. -day. And every day is a new day. So we don't build widgets, meaning there's not a lot of repetition. There's not a lot of you know sameness day over day. Like the process is the same, but you're dealing with different people every day and you know on the project level every project you're on you know there's a group of people that are kind of thrust together from subtrades to the, the design community to the client you know the next job you have all the same pieces of that puzzle but they're all different people and different organizations and those organizations have different cultures and all that kind of stuff so if if you're a person who enjoys diversity you know in your daily life construction and development are probably the businesses for you if you're more structured regimented and laser focused and enjoy doing the same thing repetitively i'd suggest you know maybe construction and developing isn't the right spot because you know there's a lot of moving parts and I think to be good in our industry, you have to be bright. I think you have to be a very quick thinker. And again, you know, have the right personality skill set on the soft side as, as well to, to be successful. But I think it's a great career for anybody at any level in the industry because it's, it's so dynamic. There's always something new going on. You're always meeting new people. And even in, in those situations where you don't like the person, your counterpart somewhere else. Well, I mean, it's got a shelf life. The project will end at some point, <laughs> right? Yeah, and yeah. you're on to the new. So there's, you know, certain benefits that people don't even recognize that, that are there, that are baked into the way that industry operates. Some might think that's a detriment. Others might think it's a good thing. But uh, I think if you have a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit to you, construction's great. Development is great because it is fast paced. There is a lot of autonomy. You know, it's, it's a good dynamic career. Amazing. Yeah, it sounds like the only limitations within construction development are the ones you really put on yourself. Like there's so many options. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think if you look at it, you know, even a construction project, it's like a mini business to itself, right? There's HR issues. We've been talking about people all day. There's the technical side of the business. There's insurance that you need to understand. There's the finance piece. You have to be a bit of a, an accountant. There's the legal side of the world, right? So, you know, those are five industries to themselves, which are all involved on like one construction project. And then, you know, there's the, the operation side of the business as well, where you're not project based or project specific, but you're, you're a bolt on. So we do have all those people. We have accountants and bookkeepers and lawyers on staff that are all doing their thing, they're all a full-time job within the construction industry. So people don't realize that you could be a lawyer and work in construction all day long. You could be a finance person and work in construction all day long. It's not just about, you know, pick up a hammer and a tape measure or running a construction project. There's all those other services, you know, anything risk-related. I mean, insurance claims for crying out loud. We have claims managers that come out of insurance. There's a bunch of industries within the industry that people can work in as well. So that's largely, I think, overlooked uh, when you talk about the construction industry. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Well, Carl, thank you so much for taking the time and, and sharing your experience. And yeah, we look forward to keeping in contact. Absolutely. Matt, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for the invite. Oh, you're so welcome.